everyone. This is Jules, your host of the All Things Ice and Podcast. Welcome to this week's episode. For this interview, I chatted with Gunnar Freyr, a talented Icelandic photographer and videographer that makes a living traveling around Iceland and sometimes to Greenland. He captures such stunning footage whether it's with his drone or with his camera, maybe even sometimes with his phone. And on Instagram, he is known as Icelandic Explorer. So that is Icelandic underscore Explorer. And there he has over 360,000 followers. His images and videos capture the Icelandic landscape in such a mesmerizing way. And I've been following him for quite a while. Because of COVID, we ended up doing a virtual video interview and the video like I did the last time I put out a podcast episode which is the interview with Nicole it will also be available on YouTube so you can of course watch that interview if you like to see me and Gunnar Freyr interacting or of course you can just listen to the audio part on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on totally up to you I will have in the show notes of the episode on allthingsiceland.com or if you're already subscribed to All Things Iceland YouTube channel, the link to that video. During the chat, Gunnar Freyr shares how he left a very stressful office job. Granted, a great job, but he was working so many hours a week and made the career change to become a content creator. In addition, he talks about the places he recommends for first-timers to the country. He also gives advice for people who want to make that switch to being an influencer, content creator, storyteller, whatever word you want to use to describe them, and gives tips on how to capture the northern lights with your smartphone or camera. We, of course, talk about more things than that, but I'm just kind of sprinkling in some of the topics that came to mind after reviewing this interview. It was quite fun to chat with him, and I hope you enjoy this interview. If you have been enjoying the All Things Iceland podcast and you haven't done so already, please leave a review on whatever platform you're listening to this on. I love sharing my passion for Iceland, and your review can help other people to find the show and learn more about how awesome this country is. Hello. Hi, thank you for joining me. Hi, hi. Uh, thank you so much yeah, for having my me. Pleasure. I'm super excited about this, mainly because I've been following you on Instagram for quite a while, and it's amazing to see how where you like. I, I don't know for your beginning, so this is going to be definitely part of kind of like getting an understanding of your journey. But to know where you are right now, meaning like over three hundred sixty thousand followers on Instagram and you're doing like awesome work with different companies like it's just it's really inspiring to see and well thank you so much that's very yeah my pleasure (laughs) and it's well deserved for sure so I'm just kind of curious about your journey from you know being a person that kind of is you know most people don't know about all of a sudden you're known for your amazing photos and and content creation and an influencer basically here in Iceland yeah, yeah. Well, uh, again, thank you so much. That's way too much. Um, it's always nice to hear, like, because you kind of like when you're just living it yourself, you just sometimes get like used to like the 
you know, you always feel like you're you. So you don't always kind of like feel, you know, the way that whatever you do is kind of like having influence on yeah. people. And, and it's always nice to hear, uh, you know, when people actually like really kind of notice it and appreciate it and kind of have this kind of positive influence by your work. So that's very nice. Thank you. So where should I start? Uh, what, uh... Well, where, what, what were you doing before becoming a full-time creator? Yeah. So okay. So uh, I'm, and I'm, I might add just a little intro to that yeah. too. So basically, like I'm an uh, Icelander, but I was born and raised in Denmark. Um, so both my parents are Icelandic, and I was born in Denmark, and I grew up there and lived there until I was 27. Okay. And um, and actually, I studied business at the business school in in Denmark, and did a master's at the business uh, business school in Copenhagen. Okay. And uh, I went to uh, work in a large auditing and consulting firm. So, oh. so basically, um, uh, like uh, I was always kind of had this dream set out to uh, work in the corporate world and climb the corporate mm-hmm. ladder. I thought that's going to be exactly me. And I have to admit that at the same time, I just didn't really know what I wanted. So it's like, okay, well, you know, um, like doing something accounting business, you know, oh yeah, you will always have a job and. And my parents, they had, you know, a bit more of a roller coaster with their own businesses uh, when we were children. So I was kind of like, you know, you know, heavily influenced by that, uh, by that experience. And uh, I just wanted to get something. Okay, like uh, this is going to be, you know, safe, good job and everything. And so I finished the master's and I was working at, and it's called PwC. Uh, It's like, it's the largest auditing and consulting firm um, in that industry. And uh, I was working there for three, a little over three years. And uh, and uh, yeah, it was was like a lot of work. So I was working eighty hours sometimes <laughs> yeah, a week. Wow. A lot of stress, a lot of sleepless nights. Uh, but it was also it's kind of like it was both good and like uh, it was some nice things too. But it was definitely like you know very intense. Yeah. But there was like some fun memories of me biking in the suit like to clients with a suit and tie on this bicycle with my computer. Which is a very Danish thing to so, do. So <laughs> yeah, very, very Danish reality for sure. Um, but there are of course some happy, like yes, yeah, so, like some happy memories like that. But overall, like it was very draining, and and also this, I, I I really didn't feel that I was particularly good. Like like um, I'm good at many things, I would say, and I'm very good at kind of just like you know making work what the kind of cards I'm dealt yeah. with, like whatever I kind of find the environment I find myself within. So I was always like working very hard, but. It wasn't like, oh my God, I'm so talented at this and I'm just like, you know, acing it and everything. So like, I, you know, had a lot of, you know, hard work put into it and still didn't really feel that great about yeah. it, honestly. Um, and then, you know, the, the corporate world can also be a bit tough in terms of like salaries and over hours and bonuses and all these things. And I just like, you know, felt screwed over and I felt kind of very unfulfilled. So it's a mix of those yeah. things. And then I, I wanted to do something else and uh, Kasia, my girlfriend, she's Polish and we met uh, at university in Denmark yeah. too, she's studying philosophy and uh, and uh, we were both kind of like in this place where we just really wanted to make a change and we had this like dream of doing something, dream of travel and dream of like doing business Yeah. and and I had traveled a lot like before that too, like we started, we moved to Iceland, but um, I had like slowly kind of started at the same time, build this this interest in photography mm. and like bought my first like uh, DSLR, which was very exciting back yeah. then. So it's like a total rookie, like newbie camera today, <laughs> but it was very, very big for me back then, I remember. And I had like my first 50 millimeter lens that I was so excited about. And uh, and then, yeah, we just like, okay, we were like, we need to do something else. And so we decided, okay, we're just gonna like, 
we would really want to go travel. So the idea was to go travel around, uh, like around the world, the Southeast Asia. So we was like, okay, start slowly starting to plan like a trip around the yeah. world, and then finish in Iceland. So we were just mm. like, okay, pack everything up, and actually we just sold everything that we had uh, back in Copenhagen. We just had one, ended up with one suitcase. Wow, and. It's so easy because there are so many like international students coming there, and they're all looking for the same things and these things, so they, they will buy anything. Yeah, that she would sell. It's I, hilarious. So, like we sold, we sold everything, yeah. and uh, ended up with super trim down inventory. Yeah, I think it's amazing that you could have one suitcase. That was the part that I was like, wow. <laughs> I tried. Yeah, 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 it was pretty good. Yeah, it's not not going so well today, honestly, <laughs> and also with gear and everything. I don't. I'm not very very good at packing yeah. lights, but. I think the part was also that we needed the money, so okay, we could just yeah, sell it because we the money. Okay. So it's a pretty good cleanup, honestly. And I, I think yeah, and half of the bag was actually suits that were too nice to get rid of or sell. So it's like I still have those like <laughs> fancy suits Aww. that I bought back then. <laughs> so, uh, so then yeah, then we traveled around Southeast Asia, and we kind of had like a one-way ticket to finish in Iceland. And I had always dreamed about living in Iceland since I was. Um, a child yeah. I would come here for Christmas or summer break and spend like often two weeks here um, at my grandparents mm-hmm. um, and with my uncle by the way who started who worked as an auditor and had his own firm and was driving a Porsche and was like a very big robot wow, that's okay, yeah. a big influence influence of also like okay my uncle you know he's like such a cool dude I thought you know and, and uh, he's driving this fancy car and everything like the living the sweet yeah. life so it's like that was like also like a big you know, kind of attributing factor back then. Yeah. But so we came here to Iceland and the, um, we, we kind of like, um, we actually had an idea of starting a business here in Iceland okay. first. And so this was also kind of like pre, pre-travel around the world and everything. So, okay, we're going to travel and, you know, kind of really just like, you know, do like a serious palate cleanser before we start a new life. And, uh, and the idea was actually to make skid in Iceland <laughs> and then maybe like, I don't know, add it as a business to Denmark and yeah. something like that. So, uh, and it was hilarious. So we were like really considering that for, for a while, but while we were traveling, then also like I was taking so many pictures and I was enjoying it so much. And it was like this mm. kind of like passion for photography, this kind of took off also during that trip. So it's also amazing how anything you do can just like spark something that you didn't expect. And I, and I, and I love that. And there's always something in life, you know, you like very few things are ever totally in vain, right. even though you often think like, oh my God, why did I do this or whatever? And then suddenly like, you know, years down the road or whatever it is, it somehow comes back to you with some, some meaningful thing. And so, and so that was like from this trip, like, you know, we just got this pat, like taste, for, like, you know, passion for travel was not only like, okay, we, we, we kind of had the spark to travel, but then we just enjoyed it so much that, you know, it was just amazing. So. I really wanted to continue travel and like be free and like be my own be my own boss mm-hmm. and be able to work from anywhere. And I had this re- huge interest in photography and that especially was kind of rekindled with travel yeah. and, and taking like I don't know how many photos and and videos. And I, yeah, I bought the camera, and the GoPro, and everything. And it's like back in back in the day when the GoPro was really popular and you would go with your selfie stick and you would go like in the in the beach and scuba diving and stuff yeah. like that. It was really fun, but it's it a different time. And but so then we came to Iceland and it's like, okay, well, we had this original dream of making skid, but now we just loved so much also traveling and wanted to kind of keep on traveling here in Iceland. And so we just started like, like yeah, traveling all around Iceland, taking pictures. And I just put that on my Instagram. And then that just kept on. And, I, and somehow like, cause I also started um, like, yeah, business and marketing um, before I did like the audit uh, masters. Yeah. So like, 
when the first time I tried Instagram, I was like, oh my God, this is so, so fucking cool. Sorry, I was on the podcast, by the way. <laughs> but <laughs> you didn't say anything in advance, so I'm just going to take a little bit. Go for it. Be sorry free. for everyone who's listening and watching. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so um, I lost the thread here now because I was so excited about this work. <laughs> so, um, yeah. On, so, the, on your um, Instagram. So... Yeah, so I just started putting. I was going, started going really well. Um, and this is back and in yeah, the day so in Instagram I, first too, time I got right? Instagram. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, so that was like back in 2014. I was so excited about Instagram, and it's like, wow, this is totally amazing. Like, and it wasn't only because, uh, like, of, of course, you could see so amazing things, so many amazing things that you wouldn't see otherwise, yeah. and you could meet so many interesting people that you would never have kind of encountered if it wasn't for uh, social media. So you could meet people. And back then, that felt very new. Like now, we kind of, I think, almost a little bit take it for granted, mm-hmm. or we don't really think about it so much anymore. But back then, I was thinking it's so amazing to be able to just like uh, like meet people, like this guy like who I've been following. He has so many amazing photos, and he was coming to Iceland, and it's like, okay, should we meet? And I thought it was just so fascinating to be able to meet all these interesting people from around the world. Yeah. And and at the same time, it felt very entrepreneurial because you could just put something out there and it was just kind of there for the world. And like, I always I thought about websites and blogs, like even way, way back in the day. And it never it felt right for me. And then like Instagram was like, wow, this is so much fun. It's so cool. And so, yeah. And then I had at the same time, this photography part of me, you know, was taking off. So, uh, you know, they just kind of like merged when we were traveling here in Iceland and my Instagram started growing and. That was like back in 2015. So we, we, we kind of started here in Iceland in 2015 okay. after traveling. And I had like a kind of soft landing job with uh, doing some auditing work okay. uh, for a fish company, fisheries. Uh, so I was auditing fish processes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so it wasn't, uh, it wasn't the most exciting uh, and it was also very lonely. Aww. But it was still like, you know, decent salary so I could afford some gear and travels and things like that. So that was great. Yeah. And... And I just really loved living in Iceland. And, you know, I, I, like in Denmark, you don't have this kind of like contact with nature as you do with life here in Iceland. Mm-hmm. So uh, I just, yeah, I felt it was so amazing. And I never knew how nature would have such a positive influence on me mm-hmm. as a person and on my well-being. And the, the, like, I love always the weather. Like, even though it was like a crazy blizzard, I was so excited. <laughs> like, uh, and I still am so excited. And uh, so I, I loved so many things about it. And then, yeah, just being out, out in nature in Iceland and taking photos and posting it because I was super excited about Instagram. And yeah, that just kind of like 2015 started like evolving. And uh, and I think in the end of 2015, I had around 10,000 followers, right. something like that, or five or 10, I don't remember. Um, and then it's like a snowball effect on social media. So once you have like a certain size, you know, do you have a bigger reach, then more people will find mm-hmm. you as long as you're active, obviously. Um, uh, and that just kept on growing. And then 2016, um, so I worked in this kind of soft landing job for around a yeah. year. And 2016, I got my first paid work uh, for photography and social media. Nice. And uh, and that was like, a, it turned out to be kind of like a retainer project. Uh, and that I would, so I'll basically have like my, my bills kind of covered uh, every month. Nice. Um, and then then basically there's no looking back <laughs> you're like gotta make this work this is this is it like you felt so passionate about doing this specific thing yeah, yeah. and was it had, when you were in iceland like meaning when you stopped uh your trip and were in iceland were you like yeah. this is where i want to base my photography and, and videography because there are icelanders yeah. that travel to other places and do you know like travel 
photography or whatever else. So it's kind of interesting that you did go and, and do yeah. the travel thing, but then you came here and were like, Iceland, I'm going to focus on here. Yeah, exactly. So I was very much thinking like, you know, what am I going to do on, like, on Instagram? And I also thought like I wanted to um, like kind of, and that's, it kind of merged with the idea of uh, the Icelandic Explorer with my account. Mm -hmm. um, it kind of merged with the idea of kind of like, you know, me exploring Iceland for the first time as an Icelander. Mm. I felt like I was, you know, seeing all these things as a local here in Iceland um, and at the same time also a foreigner. Because I, you know, I'm basically kind of like I consider my less myself less Danish now than I do back then, but I consider myself Danish. I still yeah. always. So I always like felt a little bit like a foreigner here, and I I still do in in many yeah. ways, even though I'm also Icelandic. Um, so it, it was kind of like the concept of yeah ex exploring Iceland for the first time through my photography. Yeah, awesome. And 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 that then then Iceland obviously you know made only sense, <laughs> and then like I started. You know, it, I've softened up a little bit about it, but uh, now there's another reason why I don't travel. Like, I, I probably would, like, if, if I was, like, yeah, didn't have children and we didn't have, it, like, so many companions. Yeah. yeah. You, know, as, you have twins now. Like, yeah, probably that's, that's amazing. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so we have newborn twins born in the summer. And uh, so there's, and we have our older son also. So yeah. there are uh, quite a lot of commitments here. So travel obviously needs to be kind of, like, well thought through also. Yeah. And... Uh, so and really like yeah it makes sense and here iceland is so easy because you just you know drive half an hour or one hour and you're just in incredible nature i mean not talking about two to four hours it's just crazy yeah. but it's just you know effortless to get get somewhere really amazing here in iceland so now logistically it makes a lot of sense and there's always more to see and do in iceland but at the same time i always had this kind of wanderlust bird in my belly uh, or like butterflies or whatever so like you know i definitely would like to also expand and i think like now we have the newborn babies, and I think if we didn't have like have had the babies now, our our son is old enough to travel like really well. He's very excited about it. Then we probably would. We were actually planning on doing like uh, like uh, during my wife's parental leave, like a road trip in in the U.S. or something like that. Nice. So like get a camper van, like take for three months and drive around. Okay. And then I would probably incorporate you know a lot of photography and projects into that but now so now because of the pandemic we're also stuck with anyway. <laughs> you're stuck with iceland but for I, you <laughs> yeah exactly this is not a, not a bad thing <laughs> which is actually really nice because um it's a it's a very interesting time to travel like for good and bad i would say but it's a very interesting time to travel yeah right for now, sure for those who actually i mean you get you can get all those moments where you know you have the waterfall to yourself mm -hmm. and experiment with shops yes. and things like that yeah totally. <laughs> you find it's kind of like uh, serenity and these totally touristy like classic spots in Iceland that you, that I, that you never found before yeah. so like you stand and you just like for one hour you're alone at Skogafoss and just look up and it's like and and you really feel why these places are so like you know why they're so popular yeah. but at the same time you just get to really take it all in so it's it's great I mean for that part obviously it's not great for the economy and the tourist, yeah, yeah. The tourist economy yeah. and for the world and people's health and so on there's a, there's a little silver lining for sure nice. but yeah 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. regarding your you going out and being out in like the wilderness of Iceland particularly like the highlands crossing rivers all that stuff what are some of the challenges that you've faced I mean Icelandic weather is <laughs> yeah, iconic yeah, yeah. for being <laughs> variable <and> yeah <laughs> So the weather, obviously, like, it's uh, definitely, like, the first thing, you know, because you just never know. Like, I, I, I actually very rarely check the weather forecast. Mm. I just, like, gave up on looking at the weather. Interesting, forecast. okay. It's kind of, it's pretty, it's, 
it's like unless you're planning like maybe one or two days ahead but like further it's pointless especially in the winter because the weather's changing all yeah. the time and you know the best weather forecast you have here in Iceland is looking out yeah. the window and like think okay and, <laughs> and then based on experience of what can happen okay but um so obviously the weather can be very challenging and because this kind of the elements uh, and conditions in Iceland they're tough like obviously just for getting around in the mm-hmm. country and they're also tough like you know in terms of staying warm and comfortable <laughs> when you're outside and possibly for a long time um and like for example at night when you're shooting the no lights or something um obviously then it's mostly like cold but um it's also very tough on your uh, photography equipment mm. and gear so and clothing and everything so um I basically invest like in terms of getting around in Iceland travel I invested yeah quite a lot of money into my setup so I have a have a modified uh, Land Rover Defender mm-hmm. which can cross rivers and uh, really cool. and do pretty much everything yes it's quite mm-hmm. cool and uh, I can turn it into a camper van also Ooh. so I uh, I can take down the seats and slide in a mattress and I've used that now like especially quite a lot during uh, this kind of covid times we live in now where you don't always necessarily want to stay in a hotel or where there are a lot of people right. and then sleeping in the car is totally amazing so the landy kind of does it all so i drive my son to kindergarten oh, <laughs> you're like the cool dad going over to the defender yeah <laughs> so i've actually i've actually had like one day and i was wondering what all the other parents were thinking like when they saw this car with the mattress because we had to like and all the windows kind of blinded and everything and i had like and him in the front seat because he doesn't have airbags so I can drive with him in the front uh, seat so he was okay. driving with me and Landy I took him to kindergarten and the bed was in the back <laughs> filled with gear and stuff and then and then we 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 live in this like kind of like uh like a neighborhood where it's kind of like I, I wouldn't say like it's it's a little bit fancy at least the the people like they think they are a bit fancy so that, you know we are very different than the rest <laughs> that we stand out totally here <laughs> but um it's like a lot of Range Rovers and Teslas mm. and stuff and then it comes up this this like uh, this landy with the sleeper van inside and it's like <laughs> definitely They're like are they living in their car? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like what is this guy do they actually do? <laughs> Cuz there's so much stuff you could think Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> with all the gear. And but you're you're I'm so, sure your son um, is super excited so, about it. He's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, he, he actually wanted to come with me when like that day on that trip. And then he was asking when we come home, can we sleep in the oh. car instead of in the house? <laughs> That's super cute. I promised him that I, that we would, but after coming back from the trip, I was kind of yeah. tired of sleeping in the car. So it's like, okay, we'll do it tomorrow yeah. time when there there's like when I haven't kind of already slept in the car. Yeah. Can you share one of your epic adventures? I mean, whether it was because I've seen it at times where it could be you or even others who are together on trips to like help each other just in case somebody gets stuck in a river or something like that but what are, yeah, 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 yeah what are one of your kind of like epic meaning things went well and also things were just like whew, glad we made it out or maybe something yeah. went wrong like what, what what kind of happened yeah, yeah yeah well that's also kind of the sense of a of a real adventure i would say so when when you don't exactly know what's going to happen and normally when something like yeah, unexpected will happen and that's also when like you know the kind of most vivid memories are from and often where the most interesting photos are from too um so there i guess there are there are a few stories um one of like i think it's good to bring the kind of like my most famous story like that which is like where and that was actually not like there was an adventure that kind of came to me not mm-hmm. the other way around so sure. we we uh, we used to live in, in downtown Reykjavik and uh, and um I was uh, yeah like it was in the winter and uh, it started snowing in the evening and then 
I woke up in the night to the sound, like it was totally still and you just hear like, it's kind of like, you have this kind of snow quietness. I don't know, like if it's really like snow kind of blocks all the sound, like, you know, when you have a very busy room, you know, it's kind of like, you know, there's no like noises around. Yeah. So it's like very quiet. And then I heard the sound of like a branch breaking in the backyard. It's like, what's going on? So like I went to look out and then there was actually part of the tree breaking under all the snow that oh. was uh, snowing. So it's like, and, I, and that was like, that was in 2017 uh, when things kind of had started going like social media and everything was going quite well for me. And uh, and uh, it's like, oh my God, like this is like totally Instagrammable and photographable. I have to go out, this is amazing. Yeah. So like, I, I just like sprint like, and, and I get very kind of excited and carried away when there's like a moment like that. So it's like, I, like I couldn't get out of the door fast enough basically. And uh, so I put on my overalls and my, yeah, my parka and the camera. And uh, luckily I just bought my first kind of serious camera, uh, like, you know, a couple of weeks before or something, which was very, very fortunate because it was in the middle of the night. So you needed pretty good equipment to shoot uh, during like that lighting. So I went out and it was like uh, almost like a meter snow had just come yeah. within like a few hours. So that was in 2017. It was the, the record snowfall uh, in Iceland for the past hundred years wow. uh, that came that night. And then it's like, oh, and it's like, and I just ran out with the camera and walked around the whole city, did Instagram live uh, while walking around in the blizzard. And it was like in a, on a Saturday night, like turning to Sunday. Yeah. So it was like a lot of people walking home for parties and it was like very romantic and it was super beautiful. And there's still people writing me sometimes that they were watching oh, uh, like awesome. my lives that night when I was walking around in the blizzard. And then I walked up this very uh, famous street in Reykjavik. Um, so Skolabergstir, where you have the Rainbow Street mm -hmm. also. And uh, and I was walking up and then I see this couple like perfectly aligning uh, and the church just in the background. And I just, it was just like, you know, a split second or two seconds maybe or one second where they're just like walking uh, perfectly aligned with the church. So it's like bang, 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 I got that shot. And uh, and then just like uh, walked around a bit more, did some stories and more photos and then went home to bed. And I was like, I knew like, wow, this is like, so it's an, a useful thing, like with all this snow. It's like I have to post this, like right, like you know, right away. So like I think I just slept for an hour or something, and then woke up and just like started importing all the yeah. photos, and posted like a very unusual time of like six or seven, like six or seven a.m. Uh, like outstanding time on Instagram. Like normally I never post anything like that, like during those mm -hmm. times, because there's also all this reality behind it. What's a good posting? Time right. And stuff. Yeah. And new. Okay. I need to get this out like before anyone else has posted anything. And at the same time, this was also like a banger photo that I got there with the couple in the church. So, um, so uh, yeah, that like kind of started going like really well on Instagram. And then um, I got a like a super random uh, DM from uh, BBC, mm -hmm. uh, like, and it just looked like it was just like some employee who worked there from their private accounts. Like, oh, wow, we saw a photo about the blizzard, and we totally want to do a story about this. So. Uh, they, 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 they uh, and do you have more photos? And so I sent them the, the kind of main picture and more photos from mm -hmm. nights. And they did a story about this epic, uh, like blizzard, the most uh, snowfall in a hundred years. And this kind of like very awesome photo that I captured. Yeah. And, uh, and then like news outlet from the entire world kind of featured that story. So this went totally viral nice. like, overnight. And, uh, and this like very unusual, like that's why I say the adventure kind of came yeah. to me because I was just like, you know, you know, I didn't kind of seek it out, but it kind of uh, yeah, me it, out, it whispered in your ear. Uh, but here's an opportunity, right? <laughs> like, yeah, 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 exactly. That is fascinating. So, uh, 
So I just went out and then, uh, yeah, they all started featuring it and I had them all share my Instagram account and like, I don't know, gain like 10,000 followers the first what? day and then like a few thousands each day afterwards. That's so bad. like, it was like 20, 30,000 followers like in a, in, in a week probably from, from wow. that night, which is totally awesome. amazing. Uh, yeah. Okay. I, I remember so this photo like, uh, it, it, when it came out. Meaning, like, I didn't, obviously, yeah. I um, I've only gotten to know, so your wife is a friend of mine, <laughs> this is FYI for people who don't know yeah. this, and also... Small world in Iceland. Huh? Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a small world here in Iceland. <laughs> and so, I've only gotten to know kind of more about you more recently, but this picture, I remember seeing it, and I was like, oh, and you know what's funny? I remember thinking to myself, oh, that must be a timed photo. Like, I had no idea that you didn't, the couple was just some, yeah, about, some yeah. people that were walking. I thought it was you and, and Cassia. Um, and like you'd use yeah, a timer yeah. to make it because it, it, it was so perfectly yeah, done. <laughs> and I was just like, what? Yeah. This is amazing. So, yeah, so it's like a totally like uh, just like, yeah, magical moment that really happened. And uh, and m most of my photography, like, I've more and more moved into like plant, plant photos and like doing also still life and flat lace and like yeah, lifestyle photos that are more kind of staged. But most of the stuff I post on my Instagram. Um, it's actually just like real kind of moments that just happen mm. that I just like either by driving or walking or cruising around or hiking or something and just like comes like that. Something you could never have thought of, thought about that just like happened and I really love those things because uh, it's like, of course, like, um, you know, it's so almost also really fun to create your own stuff and just let your creativity run mm -hmm. wild. But I really love these moments of just like, like, I don't know, staying like in tune with your environment mm -hmm. and just kind of taking in whatever comes to you and, and then seeing beautiful things in whatever. Yeah, exactly. So and I, that, yeah, that was like totally the, like a. Yeah. A, and I love the fact that moment. this particular <laughs> adventure you're talking about is right in Reykjavik, right? <laughs> it's like, because you've been yeah, to so yeah. many amazing places in the country and it's just like, I mean, this one had such a huge exactly. impact on your life, of course, but it's just so fascinating yeah. that this is, you know, the one that is really like stands out for you because of of how it was yeah. in terms of record breaking and record breaking totally. for your account, record breaking for Iceland, like all these stuff, all this stuff. Exactly. And also the fact that on it, like I really felt because there are a lot of people on Instagram who are like, you know, everybody's posting the same thing or going to the same yeah. spots and everything. And I, I, I love the fact that you have these, sometimes these moments that only exist for like a very short period of time. Like nobody can recreate right, the snowfall. Yeah. Uh, that happened that night, for example, and like, because the amount of snow is like totally crazy. So like, you would have to like make a very like digital kind of like <laughs> photo to to recreate it. I would say. So it's crazy because I have this picture that that nobody else can recreate like that, which is really yeah, cool. Yeah, um, awesome. And I think it feels like very unique, and obviously the memory connected to it and everything makes it very yeah. unique. So that was a, 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 a adventure, and where kind of there was a lot of unexpected things. But I've had obviously a lot of things. Yeah, nice and so we often go. Um, exactly like you know if you go to the highlands you know at least a couple of cars maybe like in case somebody gets into yeah. trouble Some, ma many places you can also go like alone um, because it's pretty easy but if you want to go like some really kind of like uh, like heavy uh, like uh, overlanding missions yeah. then you really need to be like two cars and uh, and it's also like way more fun and you can kind of stage more photos and yeah um, but it often then becomes equally much about the journey as much as like it is about creating photos and you know it just becomes like a life of its own which is truly amazing yeah. um but i have another story so um i so besides iceland i also most of my work that had that i've done outside of iceland is in greenland mm. and uh, and i went to greenland uh, the first time in 2017 so the same year as the snow picture and 
then I was sailing on this like um, very old wooden schooners uh, yeah. here in Iceland that has uh, we do a little advertisement from here they're called Norsen. yeah <laughs> it's beautiful because uh, they are awesome and they have these beautiful uh, old wooden schooners like uh, that one of them is like a hundred years old or so yeah. too and uh, and uh, they're in Husavik is that right sailing in the it's, they're in Husavik yeah, yeah exactly um, uh, so they they sail from Husavik to uh, East Greenland okay. uh, in the in the like uh, End or middle uh, mid of the summer. Okay. I would say middle in the summer because the the ice really first clears mm-hmm. up um, like late late in summer. So it's like late summer. It's a very short season. Um, and um, so I went there on a trip uh, in. It's called Scoresby Sound. It's the largest fjord in the world. And it's actually said that the iceberg that sunk the Titanic is. From Ooh, the okay, uh, that's scary. Uh, so like, iceberg <laughs> jokes were kind of hilarious. And and you bump into a lot of icebergs when you're sailing there because it's a lot of yeah, ice. So it's wow. like not always funny. They're not you like you you're sleeping and you heard this huge bump and you you're like it's an ice you to sail into. Yeah, an iceberg. wow. Like, obviously, a small yeah, one, yeah, yeah. But it's like cruising, you know, by them. But then we also. There was like um, I was on one schooner and they had two boats sailing together, uh, or like they have three, but one one had mechanical problems, so they they ended up having the one I'm on and the broken one. We were kind of sailing together, and our boat ended up kind of towing. Oh wow! (laughs) And yeah, (laughs) Uh, but uh, and then and then we ran into this crazy storm, and uh, we were sailing in kind of this most epic part of the fjord, like really high mountains on both sides. They're like. Two kilometer mount, tall mountains, basically, Whoa. like really narrow, and you have I- filled with icebergs in between. And then, yeah, first it's like this, yeah, like they, um, it's actually before the storm arrives, we just have like really strong wind, so it's very good for sailing. And the, the engine is broken down of the other ship, so they sail um, with sails. Uh, and I managed to get this really, really cool photo on full sail in this very epic fjord, like big waves, icebergs all around, and like perfectly aligned. With some spiky mountains that only happened like just for like a few nice. seconds also, and uh, and then later that night, yeah, the the they couldn't sail anymore. We had to try to tow the boat again, and the rope was breaking, and it was like huge waves and icebergs all around. Yeah. So it was like it was pretty intense. Yeah. So I I uh, the, the, I had pretty vivid dreams of that trip afterward after coming home, but the, yeah, that was uh, also fun. No, so most of, m- many of the ones include something ha- interesting happening with the weather and the conditions, mm-hmm. uh, both in Iceland. Yeah, and Greenland is really awesome. It's it's a great place too because from Iceland, whether you're sailing, I mean, most people don't sail, <laughs> but you can take a flight quite easily to Greenland from Iceland. Yeah, yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. You can. Yeah, uh, it's obviously worth keeping in mind that it's a bit of a like you have to have planned it quite mm-hmm. well or work with like a local operator if you really want to go somewhere because you can't really like you can fly there but you can't like it's not in iceland it's so good because you can just drive yeah. like the ring and just get all around and in greenland there are no roads like that you have to sail or helicopter or fly yep. to one town. yeah i was fortunate to go to greenland in um, 2018 i believe it was for like a nine-day trip and it was awesome but yeah amazing. there was like okay yeah, so we're gonna so get good. on this boat so we can go over to this next yeah, town exactly. and i was like <laughs> and like you can't drive around you know i was like wow this is no no exactly yeah. super rugged you can dock it i forgot about mm-hmm. that part and you can dock yeah yeah that's true that's true that's, yeah uh, in the winter time you can <laughs> way to get around. across the fjord <laughs> which is really awesome so yeah when yeah, the sea is frozen cool. so okay and what about yeah. your favorite places in iceland because obviously you know there are going to be places that stick out to you and probably that's hard maybe it's like trying to you know pick your favorite child or something but so if you have many that's okay yeah, yeah, yeah definitely yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right it's very hard to choose and it's also like i feel like it's very it's also quite seasonal i would say um so 
and and also connected to like on a kind of like internal like uh, like mindset I would mm. say so sometimes like depending on how you feel or where you are in life you need a little bit of this or you need a little bit of that you know sometimes describe like sometimes you just need like to be like for example in the remote west fjords when there is nobody and you have this very like vast deep fjords and like yeah. beautiful mountains and 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 there's some kind of like magic in the air so sometimes like that could be an example like sometimes you just it just like fits perfectly with either where you are in life or kind of what you need after like a certain experience or what or whatever so it varies um what my favorite spots are um i would say uh, i would say that and it also varies because i'm kind of like always seeking out new yeah. places so like very often it's like the last one that you were super excited about is the favorite yeah. spot and of course at the same time i have some like classic go to spots that are like are just really amazing always but right now i find east iceland is really really, really mm. nice like uh, i love going there um and there it's like a little bit like the west fjords but I would say the lands they're like kind of even more epic places there like it does maybe have, like in the west fjords it's just like this magic of being so far away from everything and you're like close to greenland and uh, it's like you have a lot of wildlife all around mm-hmm. you but in east iceland you have like uh, some so many beautiful places and it's extremely yeah. epic like uh, um like there's this one waterfall for example that i love in in mjøfjorden so the the kind of like narrow or yeah narrow mm-hmm. fjord and uh, it's called Klimbrekkefarsa, uh, so it's like the waterfall that climbed of the mountain. Ooh. So you have, like, and I've kind of dubbed it the never-ending waterfall. So you have one fall, and then the next one, and next one, next one, next one. I don't know, twenty waterfalls. And what? That's wall. amazing. It's really nice. So uh, I, I kept like a drone photo uh, video or uh, video where I'm just flying up, and you just keep on seeing one waterfall. After yeah, this one. it's super cool. Okay, if you hear some, so that's like one of my favorite spots. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I have to say that's one of like the spots that I'm kind of very excited about because I love going to East Iceland and then like going there because this whole area is also beautiful. And- yeah, absolutely. Um, I was gonna say if you hear any rumbling, so they decided to do some construction literally just right now up at my place. So FYI, okay. <laughs> such is life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, you can't control those things. So unfortunately, you can plan all you want. Yeah, but then yeah, that's just not how life is. But. <laughs> In regards to eat bison, though, I, I agree with you. It's amazing. I've not had the chance to explore it as much as I would, I'd like to, mainly because the last time we were there for a couple of days, it was foggy. Like, it was just, like, it was so, such thick fog. Yeah. And that can happen, too. Yeah, and, a, lo- a lot of fog there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it's very moody, also, which is also nice. Like, uh, But the fog, obviously, can be a bit yeah. problematic. For, for yeah, exactly. <laughs> we were driving in, like, fog that was so thick that we were just trying to go slow enough because it was still summertime. We didn't want to hit any sheep that might be yeah. on the road, so we're just like exactly. cruising yeah, along. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like being in a ghost yes, story, yes. you know. <laughs> I've never been yeah. in fog that. And that actually ha- that, that, that has uh, that has happened to me once yeah. actually, and even like I, very unfortunate to once have uh, exactly hit a sheep like that. because yeah. it was on the it was terrible. So yeah. it was extremely like and it, and it haunts me sometimes. It, that's because you said there's like a ghost story. So it was on the south on the ring road on the south coast yeah so it's like on the main road so you drive obviously like normal speed and i wasn't driving like very fast but it was in the middle of the night and i think just the animals were very uh like kind of confused also because it's bright at night but they were i think they were very tired or something and then the fog and i was driving maybe like 70 kilometers per hour or like quite slow i would say um and then just all of a sudden she just jumped Uh, up the road right in front of me and i just I couldn't like if I if I had to man, like maneuver that fast, I would have just like crashed on the side. So it's like okay, I just have to. 
out yeah. of there. I couldn't do anything. And yeah, it's very. It's no, not it's not so easy. It's definitely good yeah, to exactly. Go slow in the fog. No, and I and I, but I drive a, a lot, so like, it's bounce. Like something's gonna happen sooner or later. Um, with so many miles. On yeah, the but it's definitely no. And I, I've I've told people about this in the past about the fact that you have to or the sheep have right away, but in certain circumstances, it is something that can happen because yeah. they're like they're literally just like there and all of a sudden they just decide to cross like there is no warning yeah. signs i mean sometimes you can kind of read them but exactly. it's very often they're just like i just decided now and it's like why why would you do this yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. just to walk up on the road so i'm always super stressed now walking like uh, like driving and i see sheep close yeah. to the road after this happened um and there it was just yeah i, I really couldn't have done anything because yeah. of the the fog and the conditions Understandable. um but it's like when you drive and you see it, yeah, it's like, oh, fuck, yeah, really like this, you know, slow yeah. down, maybe honk the horn yeah, or something. Yeah, exactly. I hope they like, <laughs> startled and run away or something. Even though you don't want to stress them out. No. Either, uh, so it's like, you can just go, uh, or just like go really yeah. slow. I've, I've stopped the... many times. I've seen the West Fjords. I was in Isafjordavid for three weeks. And I was driving in from Sudavik to Isafjordavid for like maybe a week or something. And the sheep were on the road. And so often I would just stop because they were just, they, first of all, they were laying there. And you see one just getting up. And I'm like, oh, no, oh, <laughs> I'm going to yeah, stop yeah, immediately exactly. and just see. <laughs> and it was usually nothing. But it's yeah. just, yeah, like you're saying, it causes anxiety because you're not exactly. trying to harm them. If anything, you're just you're being like, yeah. go, go, no, exactly. go over there. Be safe. <laughs> so... Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And then it's like, yeah, they run around minding their own thing, <laughs> don't really care about it. Yeah. yeah. So in terms of people who are first timers coming to Iceland, what do you recommend for them? Because there's so many people who who obviously are interested in coming and they want to do the things that they see on Instagram, for instance, but some things are more possible than others. Like for instance, I would I don't recommend for most people to do river crossings if you don't know how to do those, right? So yeah. like what what kind exactly. of things do you yeah. think first timers should do? Yeah, so I agree with you. Definitely not the river crossings. And uh, this one, I add a warning because people, first timers, still end up doing it. And there, there are a lot of people who get into mm-hmm. trouble uh, by cro- crossing rivers. And especially in a place called Tosmark, where there are very many rivers to cross to get into the valley. And uh, and every every year, there are so many rental cars that get totally destroyed mm. in the river. And uh, and if you end up end up uh, ruining a rental car in the river, there's no insurance, nope. so you actually have to pay for the entire yeah. car. Which is pretty dire. It's really expensive in Iceland <laughs> so too. Anyone, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. So if anyone listening thinking about that, you said no. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> so what you should do as a first timer? Like it depends, of course, how much time you have available. Um, and what I what I tend to see is a lot of people come and they start like first time they do Reykjavik and maybe like add in like the Golden Circle or the South Coast, and then and then they get a taste of Iceland and they want to come back and then they they, they probably. The second trip, they do the ring mm-hmm. roads around Iceland. A third time, they'd probably do, oh, we have to do the West Fjords also. And then the fourth time, they do that. Yeah. Or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> so that's like a good way, obviously, to kind of get into it because, um, and it, uh, of course, it also depends on the time of year. So traveling in Iceland in the summer is very easy. It's very easy to get around. Mm-hmm. So even if you come here like in the summer and if you're, it's your first time and you have like a week or 10 days, uh, ideally closer to 10 mm-hmm. days, I mean, it's great to do the, the ring road around Iceland. It's super beautiful and you can really like, yeah, just get a, like so like a really good taste of everything that Iceland has to offer. Um, so that's totally amazing. Like do it maybe like with the with the camper van, for example, um, or stay. There are also a lot of beautiful hotels. Yeah. So if your budget allows for it, you can, tra- of course, travel around, stay in some really amazing locations, uh, all around yep. Iceland and experience like 
amazing geo thermal bath. So I would say like if you if you want to do Iceland properly and you come the first time and you have 10 days and you have a good budget, I would say do the ring road and uh, yeah, stay in like some of the towns that have like beautiful uh, geothermal baths, mm-hmm. uh, for example. Um, like in Husavik? And uh, that's, that's <laughs> a, yeah, so there's, yeah, exactly. You have Husavik GOC, which is mm-hmm. super beautiful. So you have uh, like a work bath, which I was recently in, in the East yeah. Island, in Eistadir, and you have the one in Husavik, you have Krema in West yeah. Iceland, and a lot of other ones. So it's a lot of, a lot of really cool. The Blue Lagoon, of course. Lagoon. I mean, everybody, that's yeah, like the exactly, <laughs> most yeah. famous one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so, uh, so that's really good. And of course, if you have less time and it's like a long weekend or something, um, I think the recommendation is probably also influenced by COVID. You don't, maybe could not, wouldn't have to spend so much time in Reykjavik because Reykjavik is really amazing and there are a lot of great restaurants and like cool things happening in the city and there's less like of those cool things happening right yeah. now because of the pandemic and the social distancing and companies going out of yeah. business, which is really yeah. sad. Um, so, I mean, you could, yeah, try to support those that still are there and spend some time in Reykjavik. But also, of course, the magic is also that you can go away where um, there are very few people and feel relatively right. safe. So even just coming, staying for a couple of days in Reykjavik in a nice hotel and doing the South Coast or snapping this peninsula is also a great way to get like, mm-hmm. a taste of Iceland. Agreed. Because uh, there are black beaches, glaciers, uh, cliffs, and there's so much of everything. We yeah, can. I, they, it's called a microcosm, at least I've heard this, of Iceland, the Snapping this peninsula, because yeah, of, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. it has really everything. Yeah. yeah ge- there's like, yeah, geothermal, uh, hot springs. And, yeah, and you can do that in a day. It's a long, also. it's a lot of driving, but you can do it in a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, Ideally, you do it maybe in the night, for example. Mm. So if you had like a long weekend, you can stay in Reykjavik for like you know one or two nights, and then stay one night on Snæfellsnes, and then you know you could finish the trip and go to the airport, or stay maybe one night on the Reykjanes Peninsula, yeah, and, home and maybe have time to tour a little bit there, which is also very underrated, yes, yes. Uh, because everybody comes to Iceland and they it's like okay, they go straight like to the south coast or to Reykjavik mm-hmm. and just drive through this beautiful peninsula without seeing anything that's yeah. there. They drive by it. They don't even realize that they're like on the, so you're on the Reykjavik, I should say drive by, you're on the Reykjavik peninsula when you yeah. arrive into Iceland at the Keflavik airport. And you're seeing like mostly what you're seeing is like, oh, okay, this is very um, lava rocky. You know, you, you don't really get the sense of how exactly. beautiful this area is because the airport is just in this yeah. place that they can have as much land as possible. But yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. I agree. It's there's so many cool places to see there. It really yeah. Is, yeah, awesome. Regarding taking pictures, because obviously this is what you do for a living. So I think people like myself or other people <laughs> who really want to get great photos, particularly of the Northern Lights, because Iceland, in essence, like if you have mm-hmm. decent lighting, your iPhone or smartphone, whatever you use, will get you a good photo or video. But the Northern Lights, for a lot of people, yeah. has posed to be a very tricky thing. So. What do you suggest gear-wise? Yeah. Like, you know, if you had a, only a smartphone, what do you yeah. suggest? What type of camera? If you have, you know, yeah. extra funds for that? Yeah. Well, so there, there's definitely, like, that's, like, um, it's, it's photographing in the normal lights is, like, I would say relatively technical, like, if you want to get it right. And that's obviously why it can be quite hard for people to do, especially the yeah. first time. Uh, so it's quite technical. So you need to know exactly what to do settings-wise. And then it might also uh, put uh, be a little bit more like dem- gear demanding, so you might need like a, a more expensive mm-hmm. lens and ideally a, a better camera. And I'll get into what I mean with those things. Um, so it is like overall like a bit more demanding, and 
Um, and it, I would say it's yeah, relatively technical. I would say more important though is like if you really want to take a, a good Northern Lights photo, you should not just think about the Northern Lights. You should think about the surroundings because mm. a Northern Light photo of just a Northern Lights is not very. It's not. So it's very it's very interesting for you and the first time and it's very interesting kind of from a memory perspective right. and it's like you know goes in the memory bank as the first time you saw the non lights and you had this cool photo but to be quite honest a, a photo of only the non lights is not very interesting <laughs> like unless it's like the sky was like exploded like in the whole yeah. thing. like it has to be it has to be really 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 good so uh, I'm I'm a bit picky on Northern lights photos I have to admit uh, so I, I would say for the non-lights photos, you should think about your surroundings. So you need to be in a in a really good spot, ideally where there's no light pollution, mm. so far away from Reykjavik or any big mm. city. I mean, there are not that many big cities in Iceland, so it's mostly mostly Reykjavik, um, but far away from artificial mm -hmm. lights. And and then you should think about yeah, like choosing an interesting spot where you could get something something cool like that you use kind of to frame the non-lights mm. or kind of to work with interplay with the non-lights so you can throw in your car or a person or a flashlight or a beautiful mountain or rocks or uh, a lagoon or a, a pool or something for reflection there's so many cool things but so think about the surroundings for like first and I, I would say super importantly of course and in like non-lights are very beautiful and getting any photo is beautiful but if you really want to kind of take it to the next level like if we're kind of talking about really like photography i would say like really kind of think about where you would do it and and then you also have to think about kind of like even the the way the northern lights kind of come from east mm -hmm. to west and the kind of stretch across yeah. the sky so there, there are a lot of things to think about um so that that's something that i would think a lot about so i don't always like um, I kind of gave up, gave up on photographing northern lights unless I'm in a really really cool spot. Okay. Then I just like go out and enjoy them. Maybe like try to sit in the <laughs> and look at them, drink a cold beer or something. It's really nice. Um, but if I'm in a very epic place, I was like I would be very excited to try to get the northern yeah. lights. Um, but I've become way more picky with. Okay. Uh, and that's obviously a luxury luxury thing when you live here and you see the northern lights. Yeah, times. definitely. But when you see it, and and it, it's and it's so fun to see northern lights with people who see it for the mm -hmm. first time. Um, so, but my, my, but if you really want to kind of take your photography to the next level and your Instagram and all these things, you should really think about where would you be uh, to see the northern lights. Um, and it could be like with a beautiful mountain in the background, something that's going to be really yeah, cool. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that would be my, that would be my advice. And then there's of course the gear part and the technical part, but there's just like a lot of things to think about, even, even just like before mm -hmm. that. So, uh, so if you can get the location right and like really cool subject and like, Maybe some playing with other lights, like light from your car or person. Like I have some photos with like a person on standing on the car with an other lights exploding Ooh. above, for example, is really nice. Yeah. Uh, stuff like that. Uh, and then the landing is quite photogenic. So like if you have you know something cool that you can throw into the the frame, that can be really fun. Um, so artificial lighting can also be interesting to work with, like uh, for normal lights. But then gear wise, so. Um, I would say again, you probably have to have relatively uh, wide angle mm -hmm. lens, so closer to like a super wide okay. angle lens, because um, you want to get a lot of the sky in, and also basically uh, the kind of way it works is that you can get with a wider angle lens, you can get away with um, like you have less, you know, um, camera mm -hmm. shake because it's wider. So the longer you focus, the more camera shake. Okay. You get, so you can get away. Um, with uh, less camera shake and because uh, sometimes even on a tripod it can be windy and mm -hmm. stuff like that so it can be a bit cumbersome um, so that obviously makes it easier but 
you can just get like for example a lot of the surroundings and the sky because you need to be really wide to be able to get you know all this and all lights up here and something cool going on mm -hmm. down here so um depending on exactly you know what system you're with the and if you're shooting full frame camera or or like a APS-C or like a crop sensor um then yeah, I would see yeah, go, like super wide angle lens. So something like from a 16 to 35, or now the new one with Canon is 15 to 35, yeah. and you can go like a 14 millimeter lens, or what is it, 10, 10 or 12, I don't know. I don't have anything wider than 15, um, but that's quite wide. And then, so a 15, like uh, 15 to 35 is the one I use. I would use for nano lights. So like, um, I think for most cameras, there's like a 16 to 35 uh, millimeter mm -hmm. lens. Then you can really get like a lot of, surroundings and uh, and a lost sky and also the wider um the wider the lens is the sharper the photos can mm. be so it's also easier to get the focus right um so um so then yeah you have to have like a tripod which is also super important for non lights uh, the iphone can actually shoot and i think maybe like some of the google phones can shoot non lights hand yeah. out, uh, which is pretty yeah. amazing with some algorithm taking multiple photos and kind of aligning them. It's pretty cool, actually. So, because you asked me about the phone. Yeah. So, so the iPhone can do pretty good, um, can do pretty good uh, non lights photos. I'm just going to show you because um, you can do it uh, manually. Okay. So I didn't prepare anything to show you here, um, particularly, but um, I didn't prepare either this, but now I'm just thinking about it. So in the top of your screen, you have this kind of like night mode, like if, if for example, I covered here, I think you yeah. see it. Yeah, the okay. night here. So you can press that okay. thing. And then you can actually set how long the exposure should be uh, on your camera. Mm. So normally the camera just does it like, you know, automatically and like, and it wouldn't really do so well with another device, I think. So you could, you know, take it, um, like press the thing here in the top of yeah. the thing. And then you can choose, you can then choose here in the night, uh, you can choose here. Uh, how does it work? I'm, okay. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Okay. I'm, just <laughs> here on the, okay, I'm showing the screen. Okay. So you can choose here how long you want the exposure to be. So make it as long as possible, maximum. Okay. And then the phone uses at the same time the algorithm mm. uh, or whatever it is happens and and uh, creates like a low light photo, which is pretty, has become pretty right. amazing. And I wish that, that modern cameras would incorporate some of that technology with, with the larger sensor and the-, the Yeah, and with a tripod so as well, or you're like just saying just holding it with this setting. Handheld, Whoa. handheld on the phone is pretty. It's pretty okay. good. Like, I have seen photos of people like on horseback from the new iPhone, <laughs> and uh, okay. that's a, that would be a, a technically very difficult yeah. photo to take. Uh, and very I'm gonna try that. The iPhone can yeah, because I'm pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> I'm planning to get like a better camera, but not a DSLR. Yeah. You know, like I'm not like. I'm not at that level because I don't need to, right? So there are many people like myself who, yeah. are there. of course, there are going to be people who watch this to go like, yeah, awesome, technical yeah. stuff. And then there's going to be people like me. It's like, what's in my hand right now? My iPhone. I'm going to, you know, I'm yeah. going to do my best yeah, with that. Exactly. Because, so yeah. try that. That's uh, that's something that, ever, that most people have. And just, you know, and, and surprisingly, the iPhone is, is now become better than many cameras that you can buy, like that are kind of entry yeah. cameras, I would say. Incredible. So you would have to basically buy a really good camera for, for it to be worth it almost. So you you should then rather think about shooting raw on the mm. phone, which you can do also. And that gives you a lot of abilities to then like also further work with the image files that you capture. On yeah, the phone. nice. Okay. So that's a good yeah. trick. So then go like kind of like uh, long exposure in the, uh, the the smartphone settings yeah. and, uh, and then shooting raw, which I think you can uh, in that mode. I'm not sure. Um, that's something I would have to check. 
But if you could merge this to that, yeah, awesome. Regarding and oh, otherwise, so yeah, sorry, uh, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, and then of course there's like uh, if you're if you then are choosing the camera direction, then you need a tripod and you need to have. Uh, I would say like a better the, the better camera you have the better it's gonna easier it's gonna be because you also need to bump up the ISO mm. and so it's basically the light sensitivity of the sensor and and really expensive and really good modern cameras uh, can shoot at very high ISO like very high light sensitivity mm -hmm. and get very little noise mm. so that's just, that makes it a lot easier and even with some of them I would say now like if you have like uh, stabilization within the camera and in the lens and a very um, and a very uh, wide lens and because there's less camera shake on the wide angle you could almost shoot no lights handheld with some of the really modern cameras which is pretty crazy but the light, lights would have to be quite yeah right yeah to do that. ideally you have okay to yeah okay I think tripod is easy like I have like a little one that's just for my phone and that yeah. works perfectly so okay yeah 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 exactly I, yeah. <laughs> what about advice that you have? I was gonna, yeah, I was going to say that, so also what really fun is though, like, so I love the tripod, but I also like I, myself, uh, like I'm very much like, kind of like throwing myself into conditions, like it's very dynamic, like the way I travel and shoot. So often the tripod doesn't really work. Really? So well with, <laughs> with <my 10 laughs> yeah. Makes sense. What about advice that you have for people who want to be influencers? Uh, yeah, so... I think um, most important is, I think, it's very important to think about like what kind of uh, influencer or what kind of influence you want mm -hmm. to have. So there are like, a lot of influencers that are influencers just because of money. And I think they're like, some, some, like, in some people's eyes, like being an influencer has almost become a little bit stigmatized, which I think is very sad in a way, actually, because I think there are a lot of influencers doing really, really yeah. good work. Um, but like think about what kind of influencer you would want to be like and i think it's so important to like you know think about and and maybe even define like what are your values mm. as an influencer and it shouldn't just be like oh make money make money get famous <laughs> but it should be like actually having like a real influence because you have to always think about like there are actually people watching this yeah. and there are people who are influenced because you are an influencer mm -hmm. so you're having influence so people being influenced by this so you should think about what are really the the values that you want to like share and have like influence people with i would say so I, I would say like think about the the values is super important uh as an influencer and like and there's so many like interesting values that you can promote and talk mm -hmm. about while doing like paid work so you can do it it could be like about the environment it could be about self-improvement or health or whatever and some of course it's very important like to have integrity and like authenticity in what you do because maybe People sometimes also might think that influencers are just trying to push whatever. Mm -hmm. because, you know, Which many of them do, unfortunately. So, yeah, 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 exactly. So it's very like important to think about like authenticity, mm -hmm. I would say. So um, and and to have that kind of credibility. Yeah. Um, so so think about yeah you know, your your values is super important like to become an influencer, I would say, or at least like if I the new generation of influencers, I would wish like really think about yeah. that, um, like about their value yeah. sets. So it's great advice. Um, and then obviously. And then obviously it's really important like to be an influencer like now like micro influencing has has become a mm -hmm. thing and also we're thinking about that you don't necessarily need as many followers as um as you think mm -hmm. you do. so a lot of companies will be interested in working with you 
even just because you know sometimes we are more influenced by the people who we know personally and the close circle mm -hmm. um, rather than kind of something that seems a bit abstract and people who are like I don't know they're traveling fancy jets around the world and this and that and you, you almost you can't really relate to it anymore so I think a lot of brands have thought about that that it's much more relatable if it's the people who are kind of more your close yeah. friends. So think about that. You don't necessarily need so much as you think you do to be an influencer. Um, you might just need, you know, a good idea and and a cool mm -hmm. concept and and a good pitch or a deck yeah. or something to send to a company. And being consistent and, uh, as well, that. right? That's another piece. Yeah. Yes, exactly, for sure. And that goes like also with the kind of authenticity part, I would say, like if you're consistent yeah. and uh, authentic. Yeah. And then obviously persistent yeah. too. So authentic, consistent, because <laughs> you're also, you know, there there are a lot of a lot of people out there trying to reach out to companies, and uh, it's always very good to try to put yourself in the shoes of whoever it is that you're reaching out to. So imagine like everybody who reaches out to them think that they have, you know, the best mm -hmm. skills or the best pictures or like the best idea, and try to think about what what is it really that this person needs, like you know, because. In the end, like the, they are, they are employees sitting making decisions that should be whatever is best for the brand or the company, or however they can make use of their right. budget, like in the best possible way. So always trying to think about, you know, put yourself in the shoes of the recipient mm -hmm. also. So, uh, you know, just think about really what makes you unique and what is it that you can add and offer instead of just trying to make too many words and too many fanciness, but just make it really like. Uh, um, like yeah, very very personal and authentic, I would say, and very simple. Because also, all these people they have, it's like a the the kind of um, like signature of our world today. Everybody has too much information and too much going on, and all the things like we're being bombarded by things all the way all the time. So most of these key decision makers, um, they are also being bombarded with information, and they have you know meetings nonstop. Mm -hmm. Especially now, everybody's on Zoom meetings all mm -hmm. the time. And they don't have time to make very complicated decisions. So you need to make it like you need to spoon feed them with whatever it is that you're gonna do. That's yeah, really cool. Agreed. Yeah, great advice. Thank you. That would be my advice. And then, then obviously have killer content and killer ideas. Exactly. Too. You got You got to show and, the goods, and right? Rates. Like, what? What are you? Yeah. 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 Exactly. exactly. Results. Is there yeah. a place that you would love to go to in Iceland that you have not been to yet, and you're just like, man, I can't wait to get to this place. Uh. Yes. Uh, the, so there are some. Some of them, I would say, are more on. Okay. <laughs> I love it. That, I, like... that I'd like to retain. That I'd like to retain the wow factor okay. until that I've been okay. there. Because it's like, oh yeah, and then you. You know, sometimes like, um, I'm very, I'm very good at coming up with ideas, and uh, and sometimes I just need to guard them closely uh, until enough. that I feel I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not that I don't want to share it with people, uh, but there's some some things that I think are really really cool uh, that that I'd like to uh, uh, kind of ca catch people with surprise yeah, okay. about. Um, with some, which are pretty, uh, pretty stunning, pretty cool. I would say, like my mind is sometimes blown by these places, and there's some things that I like to do. And, but I definitely like to come with something concrete too. Um, so, um, let me think. It's a harder um, question, isn't so it? Harder, <laughs> harder. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, <laughs> um, so they're, they're definitely like, you know, I want to come back to uh, places that I don't come often enough and that are hard to get to. Like, for example, uh, it's called Hotstante mm -hmm. in the mm -hmm. West Fjords. So, it's like you have the West Fjords, which is like, if you picture Iceland like a sheep, and it's like on the head, and then just above yeah. a little bit. So you have this like very remote part of Iceland, and uh, 
and they are like um, it's an Arctic fox nature reserve, and it's very very beautiful. So I'd like to spend a lot more time there, um, and get to um, yeah explore that part and do more sailing in Iceland mm. too. And there are a lot of cool things that you can basically only access and okay. see from uh, the coast. So there, the coastline sometimes in Iceland is pretty amazing, and and you really need to get either perspective from a drone or a boat to yeah. see it. So. There are a lot of cool things I like to do, and I was actually supposed to do one of them this year, but it was cancelled because of the pandemic. Yeah. But supposed to do like a summer solstice sail um, around the Arctic Circle from Husavik actually, wow. and uh, explore some of the the coastline there where you can't get by car. There's Grimse, a beautiful island, some beautiful cliffs, and like way, a lot of wildlife and things like that. So that's something I really like. Nice. Uh, that I'm, so I was excited about that, and I was kind of bummed out when it was cancelled. At the same time, I didn't feel like going <laughs> because of the, the, the pandemic. So uh, hopefully next year. Yeah, we'll see. fingers crossed. Okay, last question, which is kind of my signature question, and that is, okay. what is your favorite Icelandic word or phrase? Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, I, I, uh, again, I totally don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so that's going to make it authentic also. So this is going to come whatever like comes to my mind. But... They're like, and, it, and it's almost like, it's always like a tendency to almost go a bit cliche here, but the, sometimes the cliche is there for a reason too. But um, like in, in the, like growing in Denmark, um, things are very structured and organized and like very much like well-planned. And it's like, you know, um, people never like, you don't, don't show up late for mm. meetings. You don't miss a deadline. And you just like, you're very like, um, like, I would say square-headed because it sounds more negative. So it's not like that, but it's more like very structured. Yeah. And it's almost like a bit like a picture, like like Germans also are very, like Danish, for example, are kind of like the Nordic Germans. They're very the organized, very well-structured, <laughs> very kind of like planned out. And that's really, that's, you know, overall very nice. But in Iceland, you know, where, where you live on the, um, like, almost the mercy mm-hmm. of nature, at least sometimes, not all the time, but uh, like you never know what's going to happen. And historically, it's been very hard to plan things. And you're definitely on the mercy of nature when there's a volcanic eruption or when there's a, like an avalanche or where there's a crazy storm that's going to blow off your roof yeah. or whatever. Like you, you never know what's going to happen. And, uh, and uh, so it's very hard to plan things in Iceland. So like... When you are in total control, like, you know, and you know nothing's going to happen crazy with the weather or, uh, like, even, like, with traffic or anything, because, for example, Denmark, everything's very organized, so, you know, you, you're not going to have very many surprises. Um, so, but here, anything can happen, mm-hmm. I would say. And I really love that, but it's also, like, it kind of forces, like, uh, you know, your, yourself to alter your mindset and your expectations a bit. So there is a saying in Icelandic that that mm-hmm. does, and... That's why I'm saying it's a bit cliche, and I'm sure somebody <laughs> said it on your... On a decent your, amount of people, YouTube. yeah. It's <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but I, well, at least I can hopefully explain it well, because um, I really love it. But I, and I'll try to think of another one, too, <laughs> just to sprinkle in something new. But but I will explain why, though. And so I feel like, especially like in many people, and maybe some of your listeners, they also they live in big cities where life has become very stressful and... Uh, and you have like you know exactly like back-to-back meetings and all these deadlines and everything happening and 
And with cataratas, it means that things are going to work mm. out. And like Icelanders are often like late and not, not, not very organized. And if you're like a bit late for the meeting, nobody's going to like look at the clock. Well, who are you like coming? So Unless you're from another country, like, then you're like, what is going on here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. If it's with Icelanders, then probably no. most no. likely not. <laughs> uh, so they're pretty, pretty laid back about that and, uh, and about many things. And it's also for good and bad, I would say, because it's a bit of a... Like that's why I say you have to shift some things internally mm-hmm. with your mindset because it can be very frustrating also if you are more like, you know, I'm also like, uh, okay, I, I, I wouldn't say I'm the most structured person in the world, but I'm also like, I'm sometimes more structured than the average mm-hmm. isolator in my work and my business, I would say. And, uh, and uh, it can be frustrating sometimes when you're trying to like make things happening under tight and then, you know, that's kind of like is taking over. And, but there was a, that most things always work out and you can you can arrange crazy things with yeah. short notice in Iceland. It's unbelievable. Like you can call somebody like 11 p.m. Like, Fuck, I need this tomorrow. Like, can we handle this? And like, whatever. Then they all go and call everybody else. And then, and then suddenly, like the next day, you will have this organized, yeah. whatever. And it works. When it works, it works. It to- works total magic, I would say. Um, and it also just um, like takes the edge of the kind of stressfulness of everyday life sometimes because you feel like things don't have to be perfect. Exactly. Agreed. Yeah. So I like that. Um, so, and I've actually, I've thought it so far, uh, and that's why I still think it's good to mention it, like Cateretas, because like you have, like in the US, for example, you have the concept of hygge. It's a Danish concept of, um, of this kind of like getting cozy and like uh, getting together and kind of enjoying small things in life. And like, whether it's like a cup of coffee and you just kind of, it's like a mindset really. You find this kind of cozy, like rest, resting, um, place yeah. in life and it's often involving food and French friendship and like you know imagine like candles and just like hanging out on the couch maybe with the fireplace or something yeah. like that so and it's like a very cultural thing and so that demo is, is and it's kind of taking over uh, it's becoming popular in the US I know mm-hmm. at least uh, especially like on the east coast and uh, like in New York for example a lot of you can find a lot of books about Hugo <laughs> and uh, and uh, I love Hugo and I think one day Tataretas might become mm-hmm. a thing like Hugo as well. So it's like, you know, just like be a bit more crazy and take the edge yeah. of things and uh, not, you know, things are not going to work out. But it, it's obviously for Tataretas to work out, it requires kind of the same mindset from mm-hmm. both sides because otherwise it's not necessary. Yeah, exactly. So that's what works so well in Iceland is that almost everybody has the mindset that is you know yeah you can figure things out last minute and it's okay like if it's not perfect and we'll just figure it out and most of the time it turns out yeah from yeah my (laughs) and also totally fall through yeah exactly (laughs) so my like interpretation of it or at least how i utilize is i'm like okay i've done everything i can because some people are just like whatever i didn't do anything to prepare it will be fine but for me it's like i did everything i can and literally it's just going to work out. Like I got to leave it, you know, I got to go away from it. Even though I feel like that's a much more, you know, just because I like to control things, (laughs) it's a mindset that like, if if I can put it that way, but it doesn't necessarily have to be like that. (laughs) Way more open. (laughs) So, yeah. 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 Well, it's healthy, but it it can be definitely be a cultural shock when you come to Iceland. And I have to say for me, it was like uh, coming like, even as I kind of like, I like I thought I was Icelandic yeah. coming to Iceland uh, in a way. And it was a culture shock for me too, wow. like having grown up in Denmark. And I was, I thought it was, you know, it was quite hard in the beginning. Now I, I don't blink. Yeah. It, <laughs> honestly. But, but I used to find it, you know, somewhat frustrating also. Um, but less and less now. And then, 
but there are, so you have this kind of like concepts like that um, and there's also this concept like right now uh, I will then put in some it relates to very much where I am in my personal okay. life right now with the babies and everything so and it also relates even to my work so there's a um, concept in Icelandic uh, or a word called lulla. lulla so like you you know like, it's to lulla it's like to to basically take a little it's like a sweet word for saying sleep sleep or nap like um, so uh, don't you want to go lulla uh, you can say like to yeah. or something like should they, like in a sweet way nice way go go and sleep and that's my uh, uh, maybe favorite or most hated word. I don't know because right now I I feel I'm, I'm in the visit of Lula. And <laughs> in the business of Lula, like <laughs> please go take a nap. So, <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. So like either I want them to Lula or myself. Uh, if they, the more they can Lula, the more yeah, I can true, too. So, true. Everyone. And then I and then I work with a company that has a product called the Lula doll. Oh. Uh, and that is the doll that helps uh, babies uh, sleep. Okay. So I've tied in a project that we're working on right now. Um, that is like for babies, and it's like for I mean, it's for yeah. babies, <laughs> to, to <laughs> make their life easier. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like yeah, to help uh, help sleep, uh, help the okay. baby sleep. So Lula is pretty important in my life yeah. right now too. So that's another word that I really right. like, uh, or that comes yeah. to my mind. Awesome. And uh, I think Lula is also like a cultural thing. Uh, almost in Iceland because like most kids they go and lula in the stroller mm-hmm. outside uh, you see all these little kindergarten uh, or like um, sorry like uh, baby strollers uh, outside and uh, it's almost like yeah lula associates with kind of like sleeping and fresh air and resting and somehow like feeling you know refreshing um, yeah it is a concept I talked about this in my age strange habits of aesthetic people a couple of years ago in a video about allowing babies to sleep outside and how like people just like go in their houses. I mean, granted you can hear them, but it is not like you're like literally Mm. watching them the whole time. And you know, it's shocking for people from the U S and like many different other places. Like what you leave a baby outside. And it's like, yeah, I I'm still not like used to it. Meaning I see other people do it and that's fine with me. But if I were to have a kid, I'm not so sure if I could do it. You know, like it feels like, oh no, yeah, like, <laughs> I just can't leave them alone. That's what that's what you think now. So wait until you're really tired and you just want <laughs> to to stay asleep. <laughs> then you then you might uh, yeah. give it a try and think, oh my god, they slept for three hours, <laughs> and you don't have to do anything. Just rock yeah. them a little bit. You don't have to take them up and blah, blah blah everything. So keep them in the stroller. You don't have to take them up. Just little rocking and they stay asleep uh, possibly for a three hour nap which is nice. quite nice um, and we yeah we don't have we don't use a baby monitor but we can definitely yeah. hear them and uh, but it's also like you're more stressed like with the first child than we were using the baby alarm mm. often out there but now we just keep the crack door and like my sister they have you know like a baby monitor with the camera and wow. all this kind of stuff that's more the yeah yeah and definitely so you would be like see on what's going on like oh they're up there yeah. or whatever it's like no no if they ain't crying, they stay <laughs> it's like you wait to listen. It's like do they stop crying. Okay, good. It's fine. <laughs> it's yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've, I've babysat a, a decent amount, and it's just like, wait a second. Okay, they're good. And then like, <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Yes, maybe they're just dreaming or something. And and sometimes they're they're not really awake, but they start making yeah. fuss, and then they this because they lost a pacifier or something, and just exactly put it back in and let them roll yeah. a bit longer. So Lula is a. It's a cute Icelandic. It's a very cute word, and uh, and it's also like kind of culturally kind yeah. of too. and easy to say. So that's nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Much easier. Yeah. Than that. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, 
<laughs> this has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for sharing your insights on being an influencer, your journey, your, you know, uh, expertise and your advice on many different things. So I'm, I'm sure, especially when it comes to the Northern Lights people and what, you know, first timers should do, people will be really excited to kind of write that down and get that information. And I, of course, will have your Instagram handle so people can follow you. Uh, in the description box, there'll be any links to any other things that you want to link to if people want to check those things out. Mm -hmm. So yeah, thank you so much. Super nice. Well, thank you so much for having me and for these fun questions. It was really awesome. Cool. My pleasure.